do it do the joys and concerns or do you want me to okay You're going to read the scripture too, right? The scripture too. Okay. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for helping out.
Good morning. I think I know most of you here. We welcome our guests who are here, and uh, we hope that you'll stay and chat with us after the, the service. Our first song we're going to sing, the first chorus, is number one in your, uh, I know that number, number one. We will glorify. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify God, Lord of Lords. Who is the great I am? Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty. We will bow before his throne. We will worship him in righteousness. We will worship him alone. He is Lord of heaven and Lord of earth. He is Lord of all who live. He is Lord above the universe. All praise to him we give. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. Who is the great I am? We remain standing for our next hymn, Lord Jesus, I long to be perfectly whole. Jesus, I long to be perfectly whole. I want you forever to live in my soul. Break down every idol, cast out every foe. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. sing just fine. I don't sing very well, so I don't want you to hear my singing, so I'll try to keep it quiet. We now have our call to worship. It's printed in your bulletin. Leader, vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. 
for your steadfast love is ever before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. I do not sit with men of faith falsehood, nor do I comfort consort with hypocrites. I hate the people. The state, the assembly of evil outdoors, and I will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocent and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Preserve me, will be the gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great assembly, I will bless the Lord. Now let us read the invocation together in unison, please. Thank you, Thank you O Lord. Lord. We, we magnify, magnify your, your name above all names. You are the sovereign and ruler of all creation. We'd rather together to gather your Lord before us. Help us to be obedient to your plans for us. Help us to be an example to a desolate and unfriendly world. May we find peace in all that we do and say, Amen. Before we have our joys and concerns, I want to mention the uh, loss of 13 servicemen and 60 or 70 at least Afghans in the bombing that took place last week. We want to remember them and pray for them and thank God for them and for their service. And just uh, remember them in your prayers and their families too. Now we'll have the joys and concerns. Does anyone have, have a joy or concern you want to share with us this morning? Bob Smith sent me a text this morning saying that Betty Eppentile has not been feeling well for a few days and that Sandy has been taking care of her. And we also want to remember um, Doris Bush and also um, Rosemary Larson is having an aortic valve repair tomorrow. So I had for Betty and uh, Rosemary for surgery, and what else? Doris. Doris? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, prayer for our president for wisdom as he is the commander-in-chief of our armed forces and the forces that are going back to Afghanistan. Also um, pray for our enemies and those that persecute us. Um, Saul of Tarsus was an enemy of the church 
and um, he came around by God's mercy. And um, so I also want prayer for healthcare workers, uh, especially those that work with my mom. Thank you. What a joy for the bounty that we've had throughout this summer with the food and downstairs there are some packages of tomatoes for anybody who would like to have them. is on his way to Spain. I got a text that at 3 o'clock this morning he was as far as Ireland, so he's still traveling and having to navigate until he gets there all by himself. Just praising the Lord for our local missions. Uh, today is Local Mission Sunday, and last week any of you who were here heard a presentation by... Um, Gary Tompkins and in reference to the food pantry. So all of those contributions are greatly appreciated for Habitat, for the food pantry, for Springbrook, and for the place. Thank you. Did I hear a joy or a testimony, any joys or testimonies uh, this morning? It's not raining. I mean, that's, that's a good thing. Um, and uh, I did have uh, some other announcements here. Let's see, I have a, something that was handed to me about the Francisco American Baptist Women's Ministries Fall Retreat Day in the Potter's Hands. That's going to be on Friday, September 17th, uh, from 1 to 8. Uh, and um, dinner's included, and it's, a fr and it's free. Uh, American Baptist Women's Ministries. Uh, if you'd like more information on that, then uh, who should who should we talk to? Audrey. Okay. Um, anything else? Anyone else? Uh, let's go before Lord in prayer then. Uh, Father God, we thank you uh, for your son, Jesus Christ. It's just uh, nice to pause from our busy schedules. It's nice to gather in the body of Christ. It's nice to just to take a deep breath and um, reflect upon 
your wondrous uh, graces and the depth of your love for each one of us. Uh, so uh, we want to just express our thanks to you, dear, dear Lord. We thank you for uh, your plan of salvation, Heavenly Father. We thank you for how uh, Jesus uh, gave everything in himself to, to each one of us that uh, we might not be not only orphaned here in this world, but that we might not be orphaned eternally. That there's hope. Uh, there's hope in this life. Uh, there's hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there's even hope beyond the grave uh, that we're confident in um, how it is that uh, you not only love us today, but you, uh, you love on us um, for eternity's sake. And um, Lord, we lift up uh, the concerns that have been expressed today, those that have been mentioned by name, and we ask you to be with each of them, those that are, are about to have surgery, those that have had surgery, uh, those that uh, have an illness or sickness. Uh, in any way, we, we pray for your healing touch, dear Jesus. Uh, we thank you, too, uh, for uh, the servicemen and women who put their life on the line each and every day. And we especially pray for those families that have lost loved ones recently uh, in Afghan and, and elsewhere. And uh, we ask you, Lord, to, to be with them and um, that you would draw near to them and comfort them, Lord. And uh, we do pray, Lord, for our president. Uh, we pray for the health care workers. And, uh, we pray for our, um, our police and fire, uh, EMS people. Uh, we just lift them up, Lord, and we thank you. Um, and we ask to protect them as well in their daily duties. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for the abundance that we see all around us. We see it uh, in the vegetables. Uh, we see it in the fruit stands and the corn and, uh, and the, even in the weeds uh, that are growing. Uh, so uh, we see, everything is so green now, Lord, and just uh, reflects upon uh, your precious bounty. And uh, we thank you for the bounty of your graces uh, that are new every morning. And um, Lord, we, we thank you for this church. Uh, we thank you for churches uh, across this nation and around the world. We thank you for the missionaries, Lord, that um, are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, let us be local missionaries ourselves right here in Norwich that we may share the good news of your son, Jesus Christ. And uh, so we thank you, Lord. And uh, we thank you for music. Uh, we thank you for blessing us uh, with voices that can lift up uh, the name of Jesus Christ and glorify your name. And uh, help us now, Lord, as we pray the prayer that you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from you. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to ask the children to come forward, please. And as the children are coming forward, um, oh, keep in mind too that after the service, there's a time of prayer for any specific needs that you may have. Um, and uh, Pastor Nancy will be here with uh, Phil as well. And uh, they'll be uh, ready to uh, pray for you. Uh, at the altar following uh, the close of the service. So praise God. Are you ready today? Yeah. Uh-huh. Take it on. Um, I'm all right. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Phil's going to do the children's message. All right. I know, I know all of you don't know my name. My name is Phil.
Thank you, Phil. Old soul, are you weary and troubled? The scripture today is from Galatians 5, verses 21 through 23. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Good morning. I'd like to share with you as we begin some additional scripture out of the book of Luke, the parable of the 10 minus. 
While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, sir, your minas has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have trustworthy, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of 10 cities. The second came and said, sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, you take charge of five cities. And then another servant came and said, sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you do not put in and reap what you do not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Sir, they said, he already has 10. He replied, I will tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has shall be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, Bring them here and kill them in front of me. You know, I, I always had a hard time with this parable. Um, you know, that wise and foolish virgins, pretty self-explanatory. The parable about the sower who sows on the rocks and among the thistles versus the fertile ground. All of those parables seem very self-explanatory. Um, but I continue to have problems with this one. It's paralleled in the book of Matthew and known as the parable of the ten talents. And I thought about it this week, hard and fast, and I began to realize that maybe the Lord isn't talking, talking about necessarily money or possessions or even property but rather talking to us about belief in one another, that we lose out when we don't invest in our fellow man. And I have a perfect example out of my own life um, in regards to my um, oldest daughter. And it's a lesson that I've learned um, through my relationship with her, um, that you can't give up on people. Um, 
she took a job as a sophomore in high school at a uh, restaurant in our uh, neighborhood that um, attracted a lot of well-to-do customers. She began working there with a friend through high school and did very well for herself. So much so that she absolutely insisted that she go to college, to a private school, private college in Philadelphia called Eastern, which happens to be a um, liberal arts college that is affiliated with the American Baptist churches. So she went down there to school. She wasn't too sure what she wanted to major in. And um, she began working for an upscale pizza chain down there since she had such a good experience as a waitress back at home. She'd come home summers and work at this restaurant near us, but she worked down there. And lo and behold, um, she got a DWI. So I went down there her senior year practically every weekend while she um, went through the program to uh, recover from this incident and have her record expunged from her driving record and help her basically through her senior year at college. Everything turned out fine. She went through the program, um, majored in history and graduated and came home. And she began working again at this uh, very swanky restaurant with its very wealthy clients. And um, she was home for several months. She was able to put some money together, get a new car. And within not too long a period, she um, acquired another DWI. <laughs> um, and I have to tell you, if there was any time I wanted to give up on my children, it was this time. Um, after taxiing her around in Philadelphia, I did not want to taxi her at home. I was uh, to the point of enjoying a little bit of my own independence. My younger kids were getting old enough that I didn't have to supervise them. Um, I, um, so we were upset upset as parents can be. Um, is so upset that we interviewed at halfway houses um, to enroll her. But that did not pan out and I began um, taxiing her again. Some of her problem was that the restaurant she had worked for for so long in high school and college was about to close. And so we began um, I began taxiing her to other establishments uh, as she sought to look for a job. Because at this point, she was burdened with college loans and needed to work. And there's a happy ending in this story. But like I say, if there was any time I felt like I want to give up on this person, it was then. And um, I'm glad I didn't. Um, my daughter uh, went on to, um, after the smoke cleared um, from this second DWI, she um, went traveling with her brother, met a Korean girl, and helped her with her English, and came back to live with this girl in New York City. 
and um, went to live in Queens in a horrible apartment that sat right on the subway line and began uh, waitressing again and taking temporary jobs. And she's be, been able to uh, work her way into a very lucrative job and now lives in Manhattan. And before COVID, had a wonderful opportunity to do quite a bit of traveling. Um, so I'm a little embarrassed that I gave up on her when she was um, a teenager. But the Lord is merciful. And I think through this parable, he is instructing us all never, never to give up, especially on the people we love. And with that in mind, I want to share with you about a woman who um, never, never gave up. Um, we had the pleasure of singing a song uh, just a few minutes ago called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. This um, hymn was written by Helen Limmel, but she will tell you that she credits a woman named Lilius Trotter for the inspiration of that hymn. And I want to tell you about Lilius Trotter and how she never, never gave up. This is the um, particular devotional that she wrote um, that inspired Helen to write the hymn that we just sang. How do we bring things to focus in a world of optics? Not by looking at things to be dropped, but by looking at the one point that is to be brought out. Turn full your soul's vision to Jesus and look, look at him. And a strange dimness will come over all that is apart from him. And the divine a trait by which God's saints are made even in this 20th century, will lay hold to you. For he is worthy to have all there is to be had in the heart that he has died to win. So, as Helen says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full at his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. Here's another beautiful devotional. And all these devotionals are accompanied with um, beautiful watercolors. Um, this woman, Lilius, um, which I'm about to share um, some interesting uh, biography of, was a wonderful watercolor artist as well as an exquisite uh, writer. But here's another little gem. It was. In a little wood in early morning, the sun was climbing behind a steep cliff in the east, and its light was flooding nearer and nearer, and then making pools among the trees. Suddenly from a dark corner of purple-brown stems and tawny moss, there shone out a great golden star. It was just a dandelion, and half-withered, but it was full-faced to the sun, and had caught into the heart all the glory it could hold 
and was shining so radiantly that the dew that lay on it still made a perfect round about its head. And it seems to talk, standing there, to talk about the possibility of making the very best of these lives of ours. For if the sun of righteousness has risen upon our hearts, there is an ocean of grace and love and power lying all around us, an ocean to which all earthly light is but a drop. And it is ready to transfigure us as the sunshine transfigured the dandelion, and on the same condition that we stand full face to God. So I am instructed this morning to never give up. And what is my arsenal? What is my arsenal to never give up? I have to cheat here. Let me see if I can say it. My arsenal is love, joy, peace, patience, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Lilius Trotter was born into a um, wealthy Victorian family. Um, but she lost her father at a young age, and she was very, very devoted to him. Um, and her family felt that she uh, was very sensitive to things of God. But she also had this incredible gift of art. And her mother introduced her to um, John Ruskin, who was a, was a social philosopher, an art critic, and he wanted to promote her as an artist, so much so that he introduced her at his lectures at Oxford. And he promoted her and hoped, hoped to mentor her in her art. But she went through... Um, a, a spiritual period in her young adult years where she, years where she um, decidedly uh, voted to reject um, a life um, with her art. Uh, you know, if you want to catch me after the service, I'd love to show you some of these watercolors um, that she did. And instead, she attended the Keswick Conference, which was held in Northwestern um, Northwestern um, England, and she was really turned on to um, their revivalism and, and call to mission. And she began um, witnessing the streets of London, where she grew up, not necessarily the neighborhood in which she grew up, but she began witnessing and helping um, poor women um, at a hostel there in London which later became the uh, nascent um, YWCA, uh, so much so that they would um, you know, house these women and give them employable skills. Um, she was secretary for them. But it was during this time, after she pretty much rejected an, a career in art, that um, she went to hear a North African missionary and whatever he said, he lighted her to an opportunity to um, go do mission in North Africa. 
And she applied to the mission board and they rejected her for health reasons, but she was independently wealthy enough to go on her own. So she took two friends, one of which returned after a year, and they went to Algiers and began witnessing to the Muslim Arabs of North Africa. They first settled in um, the French Quarter and began putting together pamphlets and witnessing. She had gone and was trained, and of course this is a century ago, was trained in um, a mission hospital. So she was able to um, offer these people um, some minimal medical help and uh, they began handing out tracts and sweets and toys to the children and uh, began to get into the homes of many of the, um, they finally moved from, out of the French Quarter into the Arab Quarter, many of the Arab families in Algiers, Algeria. And she talks about a kaleidoscope of challenges. Um, old-time Quranic orthodoxy, of which we are somewhat familiar, and how severe it is. Um, and what she came against was the, what they call the Marabout dominance, which are the hermit-like teachers, or holy men, of Islam. Um, but she countered them with um, her love for Christ and um, even spent some time with some uh, Islam mystics. It's hard to believe that, that Islam has a part of it that's mystical, but, um, and began seriously witnessing amongst the Arabs. She was so su successful, in fact, that she set up 13 homes or stations, was able to employ um, 30 people and spent the rest of her life in Algeria and died and was buried there. She never, she never gave up. Um, she lived um, her life um, committed to Christ and committed to witnessing um, to the Arabs of, of North Africa. And there were a lot of challenges, um, but she writes this. It is among the rank and file that lies the strategic point for the new message. They have enough to awake a thirst for the unseen, but never enough to satisfy it, for all is subjective. And as has been well said, their need is objective, verifiable, and divine revelation. It is for us to bring them this in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Then will be fulfilled in the word of Isaiah the prophet that the mirage shall become a pool. That's a quote from Isaiah 35.7 that the mirage shall become a pool. Isn't that true for all of us? That we are under this veil of not knowing until Jesus Christ enters our hearts 
and he floods us with his revelation. And so I'm reminded of really the commitment that she made and we all make that we should not be defeated, that we are called first not to success but to faithfulness. And that's what I believe that parable is trying to illustrate for us. And what, again, is our arsenal for faithfulness, but love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the witness of Lilius and others who have gone before us, Lord. We just lift you up and, and thank you for how you have worked in our lives and continue to work in our lives. And that you have called us, not necessarily to be successful, but to be faithful in all things, that we are never to give up but to constantly have you on our hearts and to witness, to become um, greater than we would come on our own, but greater in you. We just thank you and give you all the praise. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. The closing hymn is... Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, our King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is my help and salvation.
Thank you.